Hello and welcome to and let's be her for Wednesday, January 18th, 2023. I'm Mike Kachapoli. All right, here we are. Big mid- midweek show, big Wednesday night show, halfway through the week. Short week for most people, four-day work week for most people, five-day work week for this person, five-day work week for me. All right, there's a lot going on as usual. A lot going on. Let's see, where where are we going to start today? Well, I was going to start with Biden, but I think something else broke a few hours earlier today, and I would like to uh, talk about that first. Those of you who listen regularly know I I live in San Francisco. And uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, I live in San Francisco. And uh, people ask me, well, why do you, you know, always complain about San Francisco? You complain so much. Why don't you just, why don't you leave? Well, at my first, the first possible moment, I will. You know, as soon as I can leave, I will leave. It's not just, so, you know, liberal elitists think everyone can just pick up and move. You know, you have to realize <clears throat> in most places, not, 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 not every place, but places like San Francisco, New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, if you're going to move someplace, if you're going to move, you need to really, you know, what, what would you say? Have about 10 grand up front, right? Because if you move into a new apartment these days, they want first month's rent, last month's rent. They want security deposits. So most people, I'd say probably about 90% of the people in this country can't just move. Even a single person like myself. Now, it's even more complicated if you have children and a wife and jobs and all the other complications that come with schooling. But even for a single person, you probably need about 10 grand up front if you're going to move from one city to another, right? If I move out of one apartment to another, right? You're going to have to put up, you know, 2000 a month, 3000 a month rent in most cities, right? Um for a decent place. And then of course, security deposits and all the other things that come with it. Even, even smaller towns where the rents are much lower, you're probably talking about four or five grand, right? Up front. So it's not that easy just for most people to pick up and leave. That's why when they look at the numbers of people who have left cities like New York and San Francisco, first of all, they don't know about everyone who's left. They don't, there's not a record of every person that left. I can leave tomorrow and not tell anybody. I, I wouldn't go on the official record as leaving San Francisco, but so every when they give you numbers like, oh, 80,000 people left San Francisco, you can probably quadruple that. And then on top of that, there are all the people who want to leave, like me, who can't right now. So if you were to add up all the people who actually left cities like San Francisco and New York for places in Texas and Florida, and everyone who wants to leave but can't, you're talking about the majority of the city. You are. Here in San Francisco, You talk, I can't speak for New York. I haven't lived there in a while. But... I know things have been really bad there, obviously, with crime and the economy as well. But here in San Francisco, I would say before COVID, we had about 800,000, 850,000 population. I would say now, three years later, it's about half of that. I think the population now is probably about half of what it was before COVID. Think about that for a second. Think about that for a second. Because I know of all these people who have left. The majority of people I know have left. So... On top of that, I can tell you the city's half empty, half of what it was before. People are not hiding inside anymore. You could use that as an excuse in June, July of 2020, but not now. So half of the city's gone. And of the half that's remaining, probably about half of them wish they could leave. So you're talking about 70, 75% of the city that either has left or wants to leave. That's the, that's, 
That's those numbers are actually mind blowing. Those are mind blowing numbers. And numbers are bad in places like LA and New York and Chicago as well. But here in San Philadelphia, but here in San Francisco, the numbers are the worst of any any city in the country, as far as people who have left and people who want to leave. Um, and of course that extends to when you say people, that also extends to small businesses, right? Half of small businesses here closed during COVID that did not reopen, right? So half the small businesses that closed did not reopen. The half that reopened, half of those are about to close. Half of those can't make it anymore. So once again, even like the people, you're talking 70, 75% of small businesses are gone or will be gone probably by the end of this year. On top of that, almost every major corporation has left and the ones that are remaining like Twitter are threatening to leave and probably will leave. So you're talking about a city where you know, a half to three quarters of the people have I left or want to leave. Half to three quarters of the businesses are gone or will be gone. And almost every major corporation has left. So what does that leave? What it leaves are the wealthiest and the poorest, right? It, it makes the, the poorest people who can't go anywhere and the wealthiest people who don't give a shit and would love, love, love owning the city that's half empty. They love it. So. That's why, you know, the conventions that come in here. Now, I talk to a friend of mine who lives in my building and I say, oh, I, another another boring conventions in town. The way I know a convention is in, is in town is that the downtown area here is, is like busy again. And I'll fool myself. I'll get fooled every once in a while. I'll go downtown for the gym. My gym is downtown. The gym, which is like three quarters empty. And I'll say, wow, all these people are here. They must be going back to work. No, no, that's not it. It's a convention. Then I realized you know, they'll have the tags around their necks and they're boring people in suits. And it's all like Chase Bank, you know, uh, Salesforce, you know, this tech company. It's all this boring shit. Nothing exciting comes through here. It's all this boring shit where everyone in that business is loaded, right? Everyone in that business is wealthy. And they couldn't, they're, they're wealthy, mostly liberal elitists, and they don't give a shit about anything else. They don't care. They like the fact they have the run of the city. They, they love it. They love the run of the city. You know, it's like American psycho types, Christian Bale and American psycho having like the run of the city. They own the city now. So these are the people who are left here, basically. And I'm not too far. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating too much when I say Christian Bale in American psycho types. So there was a video I'm getting to a long winded seven minute intro. There was a video about a week ago of this man who owns, I believe, an art gallery, some kind of a gallery. And he's been here for, I think, three decades, something, a very long time. An older man, an uh, older white guy. And he, the video, because people shoot everything here. They, they don't shoot real crime here. That's the thing. It'd be nice if they shot, I'll get into some real crime in a second that wasn't videotaped. But, so they videotaped this guy hosing down this woman, this homeless woman. I couldn't even tell. It was, they say it was a woman. I, I didn't know it was a woman because you see it from behind. She's The person is sitting like against a tree next to his business, across from his business. And you see him spraying water into the person's chest on about a 60-degree day for about five seconds from a hose. Um, and this went viral. Oh, my God. This guy is, is, is bullying a homeless person. Oh, my God. This is assault. You know, all the crazy, wacky liberal leaders who are left here. And, of course liberal elitists around the country were attacking this poor guy for, for doing this to this person. Now, you're wondering, is there a backstory here? Does the guy, is the guy just fed up with the homeless, which would be enough for me, because I am. 
Um, or is there like a, a backstory with this? And there is a big backstory with this. And it's that this person, the same person has been camping outside this guy's business and preventing people from going in because they feel threatened and making a mess. It's not like it's, it's not like a person just sitting on a tree across from him. It's like, you know, it, you know, they set up shop, they put up tents, they put shit in the streets. You know, it's like they're hoarding the way people hoard in an apartment. They hoard on the streets, these homeless people. And so people are, you know, it's dirty. People are going to trip over shit, literal shit. Because that's what they do. These homeless people, they shit and piss in the streets here. Literally, they shit and piss in the streets here. Like it's a third world country. And um, and he asked the person to leave several times. No, not going to leave. Okay, so I'm going to call social services. I'm going to call the services. I'm going to call city services. I'm calling city hall. City hall tells me to go take a walk. I called the police. The police said, look, buddy, you can't nothing we can do about it. And uh, so this goes on and on and on. So finally, the guy had had enough because it's killing his business. So he figures I'll scrape, I'll squirt this person with a little bit of water for a few seconds, maybe make it a little bit uncomfortable for them to to take up shop outside my shop, and they'll go somewhere else. And it just so happened in that five second period, someone was videotaping it. Some Karen was was videotaping it, um, which seems like set up to me. It seems like the person knew because the, the video starts several seconds before he squirts the person with water. So to me, it seems like it was a setup, but anyway. Um, so it goes viral, you know, and the, the police actually, this is how, this is how shitty the police are here that they had asked the person, the homeless person that they wanted to, to press charges. And the homeless person said no. And, uh, well today, Brooke Jenkins, the new DA, the one who took over for the one that was just, uh, recalled Chesa Budin, um, charged the store owner with uh, misdemeanor assault. And they actually went and arrested him and the whole arrest was videotaped and put all over the news. So this is the city I live in. The city I live in is a city where they allow fentanyl dealers. They allow they it's a, it's a, they allow illegal aliens to come in here and mass because it's a it's a it's a sanctuary city for the criminals and the illegals and the and the and the child fentanyl killers, the people who kill children with fentanyl. It's legal for them. It's a sanctuary city for all those people. But it's not a sanctuary city if you own a business and you're actually contributing to society here. It's not a sanctuary city. You see, it's the backward city. It's where the criminals are coddled and applauded and the actual citizens, the taxpayers, are criminalized, are made, are, are made out to be criminals. This is the actual city I live in. This is not isolated incident. It happens all the time. Murderers, rapists, looters are let go. You can steal $1,000 from Walgreens every day and, and never go to jail, never spend time behind bars. Okay. Yet, if you want to own a store and do business, you're, you're labeled a, a terrorist, you're labeled a criminal, and you're not allowed to run your business. So they'd rather have you close your business. They'd rather have you close a bit. They, this is what they'd, they'd rather have you do here. They'd rather have you close your business in the city than not allow a homeless person to sit across from your business and set up shop across from your business. Understand that. The city would rather allow homeless people to set up shot on the streets than to have actual real businesses operating. Understand that. That's, that's what they believe. That's what they believe. Because they believe the business owners are shitty capitalists and the poor homeless people are victims and need, and need to be given free reign. Free reign in the city. That, that's their mentality. That's their wacko socialist commie mentality in this city.
That's their mentality. That's, the, the, that's what they believe. It's not my opinion of what they are. It is what they are. So once again, we live in the city. Understand this, where people can literally shit and piss on the street, never be held accountable for it. Rob thousands of dollars from stores on a daily basis, never be held accountable for it. Little rape, little literal rapists go free. People who murder go free. And yet, police put time into like finding people who commit crimes, real manpower and time into people who commit real violent crimes, and those people maybe spend the night in jail and are out the next day on little or no bail. Yet store owners are forced to close up shop and move elsewhere because the homeless, the criminals, the fentanyl dealers, the illegal aliens have taken over. They've taken over. I'm hearing more people speak Spanish than English in San Francisco these days. I'm hearing more and more people, it's not my imagination, speaking Spanish than I've ever heard before. Ever heard before. Is that like a coincidence that immigration is so bad, the borders are so open, and now I'm hearing, and this has been this way for what, a little, two years now since Biden took over, and now I'm hearing more people speaking Spanish here than English? That, that's what I'm hearing. So what, where am I living? Am I living in this country? I have a passport that says United States of America, but am I? Where, where am I living? I might as well live in Mexico. Where at this point, it's actually safer. At this point, it's actually less crime. At this point, it's actually cleaner than it is here. Yet, we have a DA here who was appointed by the mayor because Chesa Budin was recalled. So, very cleverly, London Breed is a, is a fat-ass loser. She's a fucking idiot. She has no common sense. She's low IQ. She's low brow. She's ineffectual. She, she rapes the city for $350,000 a year and does nothing. Yet she's very smart in this way. She appointed a black woman to be the DA, a total ineffectual DA, okay? Another absolute abhorrent DA. But she knew that appointing a black woman would prevent this person from getting recalled, like the last person who was a white man. He deserved it 110%. But especially after what happened, and crime has gone up, by the way, since the since Brooke Jenkins took over. It hasn't gone down. It's gone up. And after what she did with this movement, with this move, with, a, with uh, arresting the store owner, she deserves to be recalled. But so does the mayor. But London Breed and Brooke Jenkins... The school board members will get recalled. No one cares about the school board members, right? Very low profile. A, a white male DA who deserved to get recalled got recalled. But the black female mayor and black female DA will never get recalled. London Breed knew this. She knows she lives in a woke hell hole. She loves it, of course, because she loves the woke hell hole that San Francisco has become, that there will never be a push to recall a black woman DA. She can be 100 times worse than Chesa Budin. But because she's a black woman, they'll never, the, the citizens here will never even try to recall her. And of course, we'll never be successful trying to recall her because the mayor should have been recalled before the DA. The fish stinks from the head down. But London Breed is a black woman. So they had to go after the white man. It's just the way it goes in woke, in woke, 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 Is that new kind of, I know I said California, but maybe a new one is Wokefornia, San Fran Woco, whatever you want to call it. I know Michael Schellenberg has San Francisco. That sounds, that's great too. So San Fran shithole. We can do so many different plays on words of this place. But 
She knew that. So she knew locking in, just like her being a black woman and not being able to recall, even though she's a total fat-ass loser, ineffectual loser who raped the city of $350,000 taxpayers or 350k a year, she knew by imposing a black woman as DA, it was a lead pipe cinch that no matter how bad she was, she could never be recalled the way the white man Cheza Budin was recalled. So that was a very shrewd move. I should use shrewd more than smart. I should use shrewd more than smart. Because people like London Breed and AOC are fucking idiots. They're both total fucking morons, but they know how to play to morons. See, that's the thing. When you're a moron and you know how to play to other morons, you can get pretty far in this country, right? Like you've watched AOC's asshole videos, the latest one where she's, you know, she does these videos that really appeal to the average demo for her. The appeal of her videos are like 15-year-old girls who dropped out of high school. But there's a lot of that mentality in the voters in her district. And so these morons know how to appeal to other morons. They, they're very good at it. They're very shrewd at it. And as long as they keep on appealing to the morons, they'll keep on getting reelected easily, right? Because the morons love other morons. So that's what's happened here. But that was a very shrewd move, putting a black woman as DA. Uh, you know, plenty of liberals fell for that, of course, you know. Um, but with a, of course, they look at the statistics, they'll see San Francisco is no safer, in fact, less safe than it was before Brooke Jenkins took over as, as DA. And we know, we know that the only reason why Brooke Jenkins is prosecuting this guy is because this video went viral, right? So this video went viral and there was pressure from the, from the left lunatic fringe to do something about it. And so the virtue signal had to kick in and she had to arrest the guy. Now, will anything come of it? Uh, probably not. Probably not. But the fact of the matter is, if the guy who shot that woman with the water had been a black woman, there would have been no arrest, you see, because they, she would have had that protective coating that protects those people from arrest. So this is the whole idea here. If you're a white DA, you can get recalled. If you're an old white guy who's owned a business here for 30 years, you can certainly get arrested for, for misdemeanor assault. But if you're a black woman, okay, or if you're one of the many black women, black men who have turned the city into a shithole with the rape and the robbing and the looting. And yes, most of the crime is committed by minorities here. It just is. That's just a fact of it. If people can't accept that, too fucking bad. See, I believe in facts. Facts when it comes to COVID. Facts when it comes to masks. Facts when it comes to lockdowns. Facts when it comes to crime. You can go into the reasoning for this. You can go into oppression. You can go for a lack of leadership. You can go for a lack of daddies. Whatever the fuck you want to say. But the fact of the matter here is a city of 4% black people and most of the crime, 90% of the crime is committed by black people. So, but the city will never confront that. They'll never confront that reality and deal with that reality, figure out why, and then attack the reasons why, and also make sure that people who commit the crime go to jail. Because that's the biggest deterrent for any crime, right, is people going to jail. We talk about this with COVID. We talk about this with the elites, the white elites like Fauci and Biden. If they go to jail, then people in the future will say, oh, we shouldn't fuck around because you fuck around and you find out. Right. But when there's no accountability, when people can get away with bloody murder, literally bloody murder, they're going to continue to commit bloody murder. They're going to continue to commit bloody murder. So that's what's happening here. Now, I don't like to talk about my own life. I'm not a snowflake. I'm a 51-year-old white guy who works out five days a week. I'm in pretty good shape, although not as good as I thought I was. And so I, I didn't want to talk about this, but it, it really does play into what happened today with this arrest. Okay, so last Thursday, 
Last Thursday, I had a doctor's appointment. And I did, I did my doctor's appointment. Then I wanted to get a haircut. And so I'm looking, because I'm a very poor person, and I'm cheap. So I wanted to look for a cheap haircut. You know, there are a lot of places in the not greatest area here called the Tenderloin where you can get really cheap haircuts, like $10, $12 haircuts. Who's ever heard of that anymore, right? And uh, so I was looking for a place. Um, I was looking for a place where where um, I could get a haircut. And so I didn't know it off the top of my head. And so I go on my cell phone and I'm looking for a place to get a haircut. And as you know, I'm looking, I go, okay, okay, I found the place. And I'm, I'm in, I'm in the, kind of on the fringe of the Tenderloin, the fringe of the not best area in, in the city. And I put my phone away. And as I put my phone in my pocket, I'm about to cross the street to head to where I have to go. And some, there's some guy, a white guy, by the way, white guy about my age, a little bit, maybe a little bit old, a little bit younger, not sure. And he's, he's, he's coming at me and screaming at me. And I'm thinking he's not at that moment. I'm thinking he's not screaming at me because I don't know the guy, but he's screaming. This guy is screaming. What the fuck did I tell you about cell phones? What the fuck? So I'm thinking he's talking to someone behind me because I don't know the guy and I've never talked to him about cell phones. So, but since look how naive I am. So before I knew it, before I knew it, he's on top of me, this guy. Okay. Before I knew it, he's on top of me, punching me in the back of my head. Not very hard. I hardly felt anything, but all of a sudden physically assaulting me over probably, I mean, the guy was probably schizophrenic, right? Because schizophrenics have problems with cell phones. They often think either, was it a problem with paranoia, right? But they think you're shooting gamma rays at them or you're taping them, whatever it may be. And um, and he uh, was hitting me in the back of the neck, not very hard, but he was hitting me in the back of the neck. And I kind of like I kind of turned, you know, to get out of the way. I kind of turned to get out of the way and uh, because I don't want to hit my face. And I strained my lower back and I can hardly fucking walk. Right. But the guy I said, fuck you. And he said, fuck you back. And he walked away and I walked home. And uh, I'm thinking to myself, Jesus, I got to get into better shape. I've got to get into 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 better shape, you know. And um, and so, because I my lower back's always going out for the slightest of stupid reasons. And um, but but anyway, so there's a case where no one was filming this, right? No one was filming this. Uh, I could have been a 90 year old man. Right? I could have been a 90 year old woman. I don't, this guy's a schizophrenic. He didn't care. I could have been, a, I could, I, I also could have been that guy Tyrus from, uh, from Fox and he would have been in much worse shape, the guy at the end of it, but he didn't care. He's schizophrenic. He doesn't give a shit about what I look like, but I could have been a 90 year old woman. I could have been a 90 year old white woman, a 90 year old black woman. And who knows what would have happened, right? But this guy is walking in the streets. The next person might have a knife or a gun and the guy won't end up walking away. But this is what people have to deal with all the time. This is what the people have to deal with all the time. Hey, Rudy, do you have any fucking common sense, Rudy? Where do you live, Rudy? Where do you live? Do you realize that black on black crime is the number one crime in this fucking country? You're writing. If you want to talk, you can talk. But you're writing stupid shit. You're writing like uncommon sense shit that that like elitist liberals who have no fucking brains write. Okay? Like you live in a fucking fantasy world, Rudy. You live in a fantasy world. You live in a fantasy world. 
If someone comes up to you and attacks you and walks away, where do you report it, Rudy? Where do you go? You walk three miles to the police station and say, this guy attacked me, and they say, who is he? I don't know. Where is he? I don't know. Rudy, have some fucking common sense. Have some fucking common sense. If you don't have common sense, go listen to another one of those. Go listen to a shit lib. There are many shit lib shows on this channel you can go listen to who will stroke your liberal elitist no common sense ego, okay? Don't give me stupid shit like, did you report it? You say something like, did you report it? It shows you live like in a fucking fantasy world. You don't live in the real world. You live in a liberal elitist fantasy world with rainbows and unicorns. No, no. But if someone had been filming it, like they were filming that guy, still nothing would have happened. Still nothing would have happened. It's also in the worst area in the city. Was there one policeman? Why isn't the mayor putting police... Why, why isn't Mayor putting beat cops in the worst part of a city ridden by fucking crime, in the highest crime area, in one of the highest crime cities in the country? Why isn't the mayor and the DA putting cops on patrol in those areas? Why wasn't there one police car? Why wasn't there one police car? Yet the police will get to Nancy Pelosi's mansion in about three and a half seconds, right? The police will get to Nancy Pelosi's mansion pretty fucking quickly in an area where there's no crime. But in the highest crime area where old people can be assaulted, raped, looted, and robbed, there are no cops. And, of course, there happen to be no eyewitnesses, no one filming, filming before the action happens. What a coincidence you start filming before the event happens. How does that happen? Oh, my God. If you don't have the balls to actually talk, don't write stuff to me, understand? Have the balls to talk. Use your speaking voice. But this whole idea of reporting things is impossible because the police here don't want to hear it. Why don't they want to hear it? Because they hear it too much. It's like, oh, another crazy person smacks someone in the head. Come on. What are we going to do about it? But you see, when you start letting those little things go, those people do bigger things. You have to put those people away now before they do bigger things. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. You see, if you put those people away involuntarily, they can't hurt people. Okay. If you take people off the streets involuntarily, they can't hurt people, piss and shit on the street and force businesses to leave, which kills the economy. And when the economy is killed, who gets hurt the most, Rudy? Who gets hurt the most? Brown and black people get hurt the most when there's economic destruction. Not white liberals that live in $6,000 a month condos. Does anyone have any fucking common sense on the left? Have a fucking brain in their head? But they like to virtue signal. So the fact that statistically black on black crime is the biggest crime in this country is by far like 99 percent of the crime in our major cities. The fact that black and brown people get hurt the most doesn't care. The white liberal doesn't care about stats. They don't care that black and brown people actually get killed and harmed and are in poverty. They want a virtue signal. And say, oh, no, oh, you don't talk about white people. You don't talk about how bad white people are. They want a virtue signal and say snazzy things with nice, with nice crisp slogans. But when it comes to actually really gets hurt, they don't give a shit because they've never done anything to help those people. Fucking thing. The Democrats have never done a fucking thing to help black and brown people. Only their own rich white 
friends. Daniel, what's up? Yeah, the Rudies of this world um, are something else, aren't they? Yeah, there's something else, all right. Um, they're, they're, they are the entire reason and what the Democrats did over the last few years that I left the Democratic Party in 2020. Um, I was a Democrat for my entire entire life. I'm 65 now. Um, voted Democrat my entire life. And when I saw the Democrats throwing uh, the poor in general under the bus um, during the, uh, the pan hysteria that they created, um, and creating this gigantic upward shift of uh, resources um, across the globe so that the rich got grotesquely richer while the poor got poorer and poorer, I abandoned the party. And here we have people like Rudy that, that are cheering this on. They're just cheering this destruction of the poor on. It's the bizarrest thing I've ever seen in my life. They must be sitting at home, mommy and daddy are paying for their apartment or they're living in mom and dad's uh, proverbial basement or something. Um, because these people, they just seem to have zero connection to the real world and, and what happens in it and the trade-offs that are, that are there in life every single day. They seem to have some weird, like we were talking about yesterday, some idealistic um, intent for this world that can never be. And they, of all people, are never going to help push it in a direction that is better for them or anybody else because they are so married to these ideals, which can never be, and they know they can never be. So they sit back and they do nothing except for virtue signal. As you said, the cheapest and most inexpensive thing they could possibly do to boost their self-worth. It's it's. I'm Mark, Mark, Mike, I first want to say I, I didn't know about you getting uh, attacked by a, a schizophrenic. Well, well, I week. don't I don't like it. You, know, you know, I survived. I'm, I'm alive. It's no big deal. My, my strained back is my own fault. I need better lower back muscles. But it's, it's, it's like I don't like to talk about myself, my own thing. It was not a big deal. But, no, I, but I'd the be problem talking is, about that stuff. <laughs> but, but the problem is that the next person that this guy bothers might kill him or – or he might kill the next person. You don't know. I mean, yeah. who knows what the situation is? Now, now, what I did do, though, because, you know, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you, is I did go and I bought mace. So now I'm carrying mace with me everywhere. And the next person who bothers me is going to end up blinded. But that's, you know, if I could buy a gun and carry a gun, I would. But in this city, you can't. That's another thing you can't do in these cities. You can't defend yourself. The criminals can kill you. In other words, you have to let the criminals kill you. This guy is a mental, is a mentally ill person. There's no doubt he was obviously schizophrenic, okay? He wasn't going to rob me. He didn't want to rob any of my money. He was schizophrenic. But the fact of the matter is the people in this city, the people who run the city, have the truly state of mind that, Mike, don't, don't harm that person. You're, you're mentally – he's mentally ill and you're not. He's a sick person. You're a sane person. Let him kill you. You, gotta let, you have to let the mentally ill person kill you. They're mentally ill. They don't know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. You can't fight back. You can't defend yourself. How dare you? So we can't, we can't, we can't walk around in these cities with guns to defend ourselves from the criminal no, because, because you're white and you're male, and you're the one of the only sentient beings. White males are the only sentient beings with agency on the planet, and according to, according to all the, uh, according to, according to progressive wokeism, um, nobody else has agency. Nobody but, else has is sentient. 
the, um, we control everything, you and I, and the rest of our, our white brothers, we control everything in this world. And, um, and, and now they're rising up against us. Yeah. But, but even but even a even a even a even a um, uh, a citizen a a law abiding black citizen can't buy a gun legally in this city. You can't walk around with a gun a gun legally with a carry license in this city. You can only walk around with guns in cities where there's no crime. In in Republican run cities where there's no crime, and that's why as many sheriffs in these Republican run counties will say there's no crime because people have guns. So the criminals, in other words, a criminal in a city like. Uh, Montgomery, Alabama, there might be a 50-50 shot the person they're attacking has a gun. Here, there's like minus 0% chance the person they're attacking has a gun. So why not go for it? You see, the gun is called, this is what the guns are. They're called deterrent. The left doesn't seem to get this. The guns are a deterrent. And because of the guns and, and the deterrents, there's less crime. So where guns are legal, there's less crime. Where guns are illegal to buy, there's more crime because the criminals know the citizens don't have fucking guns to protect themselves. These liberals yeah. have no fucking sense. And we had a, a big uh, court case here um, in, in which the city of San Francisco, um, which had restrictions on uh, concealed carry, were told that they could not do that. But they are refusing to issue any concealed carry licenses at this point. They keep dragging their feet and dragging their feet. Yeah, right. You can have a this is the this is the sense of, of a city like San Francisco or New York or Chicago or any city run by dumb. They just defy the court. Yeah. Or, or any city run by numb nut liberals is that you can have a gun in your house. If you're you can have, so I, I can have a gun in my apartment here in San Francisco, my apartment where I live on the eighth floor, where we have a security guard, where no one's going to fucking even get in the front door. I can have a gun in my house to protect myself when I don't need a gun in my fucking apartment to protect myself. I need a gun when I'm walking the fucking streets to protect myself. OK, that's where I need the weapon, not in my fucking apartment. That's how dumb the people that's how dumb G Gavin Newsom is with a fucking dumb numb nut fucking hair gel king scumbag he is. This is what I they believe. Them. Now, wait a minute. In New York City, I told my friend in Manhattan, I told my friend in Manhattan about this. And he goes, you know what, Mike? That's a great idea. I'm going to go on Amazon and get some mace, too. So he goes on Amazon. Do you know you cannot get mace delivered in New York City? It's illegal yeah, to go on Amazon and get mace. Now, shockingly enough, it's not illegal in San Francisco, California. But in New York City, I think it might be the only city for some reason where it's illegal. And they've been fighting this. You don't hear about this. They've been fighting this for a long time to get this ridiculous law. You can go buy mace in a shop in New York City. You can go like to an Army Navy store and buy it. If you have a, know a cop who knows you, you, the cop can get you mace, but you, you can't get mace delivered to you. How dumb is that? These are the dumb laws that liberals love. I lived in uh, New Mexico for 10 years. And um, in New Mexico, you can carry you know, people frequently. You see them carrying on their hip, um, or else you'd see a bulge in their jacket. They'd be carrying, and um, and it was one of the um, most well-behaved, well-mannered places I have ever lived. Yes. But on the other yes. hand, I can walk down uh, the streets of San Francisco and have people being yelling shit at me. You know, a verbal assault. Um, sometimes people, they, 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 they make a mistake of, of <laughs> initiating something and then backing down. Um, it's, it's, there's never did I have it. Well, maybe once did I have that happen in, in, in New Mexico. Um, in the 10 years that I was there, I've lived in San Francisco for a little over a year. 
And I think I've had at least a half dozen incidences uh, of, you know, where I would have liked to have had a weapon on me. You know, I was thinking about you because I don't walk nearly as much as you do. And I'm like, I, I, I hardly walk around here. I do most of my working out at the gym, which is something else I have to change. But uh, I do very little walking around here and I get attacked. I'm thinking Daniel walks 16 miles a day. How, how could you have avoided this? You know, it's like it's well, you know, it's 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 like I have the mace now and I'll probably never hopefully probably never need to use it. But it, it, the fact of the matter is, is that I, I worry about the elderly people. You know, I worry about elderly people being targeted by nut jobs yeah. who don't who don't care about their age. Doesn't give it. Yeah, age matter. You know, yeah. and, and that's and that's you know, that's that's a huge problem. But the fact of the matter here is I, I lived in New York City for most of my life. And I had maybe one incident in New York City my entire life, a city of 8 million people. And I've lived here for 10 years. And I've had basically, I guess, altogether now in a city of 800,000, now about 400,000, because half the people have left. Um, I've had maybe three instances here. So think about the statistics there. My whole life in New York, 8 million, one instance. 10 years in San Francisco, city of a half million, three times. So that shows you how bad things are here. And that's just me. That's just one person. Who doesn't really walk around that much? Yeah, you know, and it's getting and it just keeps getting worse and worse for the poor. And I mean, I if I was just stuck in my little neighborhood, things would be pretty cozy. But yeah, as you said, I do a lot of walking around, and um, I'll, I'll walk four, four miles down to the Panhandle, and that's where I usually work out. Up there, they've got an outdoor tennis court, and, and then I, I walk back, um, sometimes running there or back, and. Um, yeah, along along the way, um, there there are some uh, some people that that I encounter from time to time that look like they wanted to get into it, um, but um, um, I'm in pretty good shape and I, I I can look scary when I want to. So um, I think they just tend to. to yeah, but that's not going to de- that doesn't really deter schizophrenics. They don't really that doesn't go into their. No, well, no, yeah, schizophrenics aren't stupid. They're they're delusional, but they aren't stupid. They will take in. The uh, input um, for, for, in, in terms of uh, aggression from from others as well, and, and, and they will make decisions based on that. But the problem that, is, mo- mo- the problem is many schizophrenics. Now, we're going to separate homeless people from there are homeless schizophrenics, but there are schizophrenics who aren't homeless. This guy may may not have been homeless. I don't know. In fact, he was very close to that hostel. Uh, you know, the hostel I'm talking about is on Polk and uh, where was I? I was on Post and Jones. Okay. So I was on Post and Jones, and there's a hostel right on that corner. So he may have been living at that hostel. I don't know. But there was yeah, nothing that looked homeless about the guy. He wasn't disheveled. He didn't smell of urine. He wasn't dirty. So he was very – yeah, like, you know, It's also possible he was a schizophrenic who pays 4000 a month for rent. <laughs> it's another possibility. It's, it's quite likely that he might have just had a fresh bath. I mean, every once in a while they do get hosed down, you know. Well, and, you know, they don't want to take their drugs because drugs are certain things to them that they don't like, you know, side effects and, and such. So um, that's the thing, though. The problem with schizophrenia is that it can lead to violent acts. That's the problem. Well, actually, and that's, why, and that, that's why there needs to be a system in this city where these people need. Now, once again, even that needs to be forcibly put into into uh, into uh, uh, hospitals. But that person who was sprayed by the hose, by the way, along that, that person was actually confronted by the city. And asked if they wanted to go into some kind of a shelter or something, and they said, "No, we don't. I don't want to." And once again, that's we cannot allow that. 
In other words, if you do not, if you're on the streets and you don't, and you don't take the help, you can't just continue to live on the streets and cause businesses to close. You can't do that. That's not your right. You don't have a right to make businesses close by living on the streets. That's not your right. Those are our streets. Those are public streets. We pay taxes for that. We pay taxes for those streets here. They, the people own those streets, not the homeless, not the government. And if they don't want help, they need to be forced to get help or go to some other fucking city. It's 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 all going to cave in soon enough. Um, um, we, we, if you look at the state of California or the city of San Francisco, um, we're hemorrhaging money. Uh, the the uh, surplus that uh, Newsom said that the state had only two years ago is now turned into a huge deficit. Um, the same has happened in, in San Francisco. We have a huge deficit. This is going to mean that there is going to be cuts, cuts in services. Policing could be one of them. And if, if that happens, it is going to get even worse here. And at some point, they are going to say, Okay, the only way that we're going to fix any of this and bring this city back into a solvent state is if we revert to the policing measures that we used to have, because that is what that is what this decline is all wrapped up with. We had the COVID restrictions that drove people out in droves that that created a um, atmosphere of crime in what was left behind because there was fewer people on the streets. Most of the people who were on the streets were homeless. We shouldn't call them homeless. They were addicts and they were schizophrenics and the addicts are the, the big trouble. And they're just out there causing trouble. And the, the police were in a stand downish sort of state because of the riots that had happened surrounding BLM. It was perfect, perfect storm, as they say, to create an atmosphere of law, lawlessness that just keeps, they have this negative well, it's a positive feedback system in a negative way that is causing continued deterioration of the city. At some point, even London Breed, that woke bitch, is going to have to realize that this is just heading us downhill faster and faster, that her policies are so detached from reality and are so, are so hitched to this ideology she has that knows nothing about the reciprocity of the universe that is going to come barreling down upon it, whether she likes it or not. And at some point she's gonna have to realize just because of the coffers that this is unsustainable and that it's making things things worse. We have a great example of someone today realizing that their idealism fucked people's lives up royally and that was Jacinda Ardern's of uh, New Zealand, the prime minister there that resigned today, principally because she fucked everybody's ice up so bad because of the COVID policy. And and, and she's, she's trying to, to escape while she can at this point. There's gonna be a lot of people like that connected to COVID and connected to policing as well. So it, um, over the, that, it's caused such deterioration across our country and across our world these, these last three years. And um, they're going to be there's going to be a lot more Jacindas in these, in these coming days. Yeah, when I when I first when I first saw the thing on Twitter that she had suddenly resigned, I thought it said suddenly something else. I got excited, but sometimes you can't get everything you want, right? But if you try, sometimes you'll get what you need. Yeah, and that, that that's the why she couldn't. They call it a poll. 
in October. They call I guess they call it, they said she was not going to win the poll. I guess the election's a poll. I don't know how they, it's a crazy country, New Zealand. But anyway, there was an election or something coming up in October, and she knew she wasn't going to win. And like you said, why wasn't she going to win? It's obvious why she wasn't going to win, because she's an authoritarian bitch, you know, so she had to resign before they threw her out. So that's, you know, that's that's good. That that That's some but that's not real accountability because she's not going to jail. Right. No. Well, it's not accountability for yet. But yeah. if you think that people in New Zealand, just as people in this country are going to say, oh, yeah, you fucked my kid's education up. You 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 caused me to lose my job. You killed my father. You um, gave my 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 stepfather now has atrial fibrillation three weeks after getting his last booster. This is something that's more and more common that we're seeing after boosters at AFib. Um, and they're, they're not, people aren't going to simply turn around and say, yeah, you fucked up my entire family's yeah. lives. And, oh, yeah, let's just be by, let's have bygones, be bygones, right. we're going to move along. That's not going to happen you know for Jacinda, else, that's not going to happen for Newsom, you know, you know, that's not going to happen for Fauci, that's not going to happen for right. For, um, Do you know Biden. what else goes over the head of liberals, Daniel, as I think about this now? Not just there crime, are but no homeless. liberals anymore. Wait a minute. They're wait a all minute. Fucking illiberal fascist. <laughs> wait a minute. Do you know what goes over the heads of those people? These people that we talk about all the time. The fact that we live in a city. I mentioned that. I mentioned that blacks commit the majority of the crime in the city when they're only four percent of the population. But how come the liberals don't understand? And they don't want to deal with that for sure. But do you, I'm sure you noticed this, and I'm sure the statistics will bear this out. Most of the homeless people in the city are black. We have 4% African-American population in this city, okay? By the way, the African-American population used to be much higher here, but they were chased out because it's so fucking expensive here. So the white liberals took over the city, all the black people left, and now all the white people can do is say, oh, you know, oh, oh, let's, let's virtue signal, let's virtue signal, when they're the ones who fucking chased all the black people out. But the fact of the matter is we live in a city of 4% black people, and yet the overall majority of homeless people here are black. Do the, do, the, do the liberals in this city ever talk about that? Do they ever think no, about they just that? Keep, they just keep creating more and more, more and more homelessness. They keep creating more and more people turning to drugs as some distorted means of trying to escape the reality. They shifted wealth upward on the, on, on the financial scale during COVID. That was the biggest sucking up, up, upward sucking up of money probably in the history of the world. Look, and, and the liberal, the so-called liberals, who we all know are illiberals at this point, everyone should understand that there are no liberals left in the Democratic Party. They are a bunch of illiberals, and they are the very definition of fascist. The fa fascism, Mussolini-style fascism, was the welding of corporatism and government. And that is exactly what happened here during COVID when, when the pharmaceutical industry and testing industry and that, the entire industry that revolved around that huge fucking money dump and drain upward, it was all about corporatism, corporatism in a very, very, very cozy relationship with government. And, and, and that relationship targeted our rights of freedom of speech didn't liberals used to believe in freedom of speech? I did when I was a liberal. Only three years ago, two and a half years ago when I was still a liberal, and that was my entire life, I believe in freedom of speech. The, the articles of the Constitution were the most important thing to me in this world. Yeah. yeah. Well, but and, these and, fuckers that are left in the Democratic Party, Rudy, yeah. if you're out there still, if you can't consider yourself a liberal, call up and defend that you're a liberal. 
Tell me how you were still liberal, Rudy. You let the poor get poorer. You, you were deprived us of our freedom of speech. Stop, stop giving you Rudy. Deprived stop us get, of our stop of getting Rudy press. You're playing bodies. into his ego. You're playing into his ego. But the fact, the fact of the matter is, is that these issues that we all talk about, whether it's crime, homelessness, poverty, affect every affect everybody. But they affect black and brown people predominantly more than anyone else. Yet the yet the white elitist liberal. Or the black elitist liberal, like London Breed, because she's a black elitist. She makes 400K a year. They're the laptop. They're the laptop class. It's irrespective. Yes, they're the laptop. They, 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 right. They, 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 they don't actually care about these numbers. They don't actually care about this reality. No, they're sitting at home and they're getting fatter and fatter and fatter, sitting in their ass. I mean, I, I live in an apartment complex. There's approximately 50, somewhere between 15 and 20. I haven't counted the number of units in here. I almost, my landlord tells me the entire place is full. I never see anybody. The reason I don't see anybody is they don't come out of their fucking apartments. That is who these people are. Right. That is what this laptop class is. They right. don't come out of their apartments. They sit in their apartments. They get fatter and fatter and fatter. And they have packages standing, sitting in the hall that they won't even come down and get out of the hall that will sit there for a fucking week. Right. I know. I know. These I know. people are mentally deranged. It is, it, is, it is mental illness like I have never thought possible on a scale that I've never thought possible. And, it, and it's, yeah, if, if it wasn't for my job, if it wasn't for my company, and, and in a year's time, I'm going to be saying to my partners, let's take, we can, do, we can do this. Let's take it out of California. This place isn't worth living in. No, everyone, but everyone's doing the same thing. Once again, as I said. When you put the numbers together, the people who have left, the businesses that have left, and you add in the people who want to leave, who can't leave yet, who will leave soon, like myself, or businesses that haven't left yet that will leave soon, like Twitter, this city is going to be basically post – it'll be Detroit. It'll be post – it'll be like a post-apocalypse. It'll be one, one of those things that people say, oh, the once – whatever happened to the once great city? Remember, Detroit was a once great city, right? Vibrant, Ford industry, the, the, the car industry. But now what happened to it? The same thing is happening to San Francisco, which is that the, the liberal Democrat is ruining it. It's very simple. The liberal, the elitist liberal Democrat runs these cities. Republicans don't run these cities. You can talk about how both parties are evil as much as you want. Republic, the numbers matter. Facts fucking matter. You can't just say stupid shit like everything is bad. They're all bad. Everything's equal. Blah, blah. How many times do we hear that on this fucking show? That must be the mentality of 90 percent of the people who listen and talk and, call, and listen to all those other call in shows. That are on here. So the same fucking mentality of, oh, both parties suck. What are you going to do, man? Blow up the system, man. It's so stupid. It's so nihilistic and dumb. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think the tide keeps turning. We keep winning um, court cases with respect to the uh, COVID hysteria. Um, there, there isn't the counting that, that is coming. Um, and it's both an accounting related to, to COVID and, and the wokeism stuff was, was so tied into the COVID policy, this, um, this pathological empathy that people were trying to display um, via wokeism. Um, that, is, that is what made this hell that we've been living at in, in blue cities um, over, over the last three years was that path, pathological empathy. I mean, it's not real empathy. It's 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 virtue signaling. We all know that, but it, but it appears to 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 behave as though it was um, pathological empathy. Uh, Aaron Cariotti had a great um, uh, post that he, that he um, put on today. I'm presently trying to find it. If, if I 
Yeah, I think you did. You send it to me. I think you might have sent it around. I think you did. Did you? It, it was this great one where you said he was talking to, to a, an investment banker and was asking the banker why, um, or the investor, why um, uh, the market wasn't reacting to certain things that were going on. And he says, and he said something to the effect of, oh, you know, there's momentum. Um, things usually um, happen slowly and then they happen really fast. And that is what I think is going to, to, to happen here. Um, and I think uh, Jacinda Williams um, and the, the court cases that have been won recently um, uh, are, are, just, are just the beginning. Um, things, things are uh, going to happen slowly and then it's going to happen really fast. We need a couple more uh, Jacindas um, uh, stepping down and you'll be seeing Newsom, Gavin Newsom uh, running for his life. Well, look. Once again, I have said this many times, the reason why people like Gavin Newsom get reelected over and over again, the reason why London Breed can get reelected over and over again, the reason why New York City uh, is now in a pattern of only electing Democrats to mayor, even though they all suck, one's worse than the other, you know, that they got fucking, uh, you know, Mayor, Mayor, uh, Mayor, what's his name over there? What's his, uh, Eric Adams, you know, uh, Mayor Shaft. Who looks? Who thinks he looks great in in tight suits and likes to go to the border with a a jacket that says New York City Mayor, showing everyone he's the mayor? How <laughs> fucking stupid! You know they keep electing these people because they're in this pattern of thinking that it's once again they're in this cult. They're in this cult. They're in the cult of Democrat, where they truly believe these people can be can lie to the to their voters over and over again. They can lie and lie and lie, and when when it comes election time. They know these people are so fucking dumb and they're so sick in the head with Trump derangement syndrome. All they have to do is say Republicans, Trump, and they win. That's all they got to say. All they got to say is but Republicans, but Trump, and they'll keep on getting reelected. And pe- these people will continue to reelect people that put them in harm. People are actually electing people who are going to get them killed. That's what they do. That's what it comes down to. They will keep reelecting people who eventually get their business killed or them killed. And they, because they live in a, they're in a cult. It is a group think cult mindset. That's what it comes down to. And, and people like Gavin Newsom and London Breed are cult leaders like Jim, like uh, Jim Jones. They're, they're no, they're no better than, they're well, very well paid celebrity cult leaders. That's what they are. And they know their cult and they know what plays with their cult. And they know when push comes to shove, they know exactly who to blame and what to blame everything but themselves in order to get reelected. That's it. That's what it comes down to. Remember, Daniel, people, they, these people can't get elected unless schmuck morons go into the polling place and, and check their name, right? That's the way they get reelected. Eventually, when people are hurt and hurt as badly as they've been over the last three years, that is the type of thing that changes people's minds, that gets them to to undergo great ideological shifts. We are going to see that ideological shift. There's no doubt about it. Yes, there are these morons out there that will vote for somebody just because of their physical appearance. Like Gavin Newsom, certainly. Or just a letter, even even more superficially, a letter next to their name. A letter next to their name. Forget about physical appearance. Forget about race. Forget about nationality. Forget about gender. Forget about sexual orientation. It's so much more shallow than all that, which is shallow enough. It's a letter. (laughs) Can you get more shallow than a letter? 
but it's going to cause it's going to cause a demographic and, and shift in voting for the the turmoil that everyone has been put through through these last few years and it's slow this is always i just like Cariotti when in his the tweet that i wanted to find was talking about the the world reacting slower than he thought it thought it would and um and that's a mistake that I make make frequently because I think you know why 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 don't people get this you know when when it became obvious to everybody and it should have been obvious from the very start um, that there was going to that these vaccines these SARS-CoV-2 vaccines weren't going to prevent transmission and infection it should have been obvious to everybody well at least at least anyone with a, with a decent immunology and infectious disease background for any physician it should have been obvious that these vaccines weren't going to do the job of pre preventing transmission but even after it was well publicized that was the case. Did anything change? No, there's there's a, a momentum to culture um, and societies in general and all aspects of society that is, is just hard to gauge how much how much societal force it takes to counter that momentum and to to change the course of that, that vector momentum. It's and I always, 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 always I do bad. Everyone does. Everyone does a bad job at, at estimating the time it's going to take to turn things around of, of, of this sort. But it is going to turn around, and there, there is going to be an accounting. Um, it's going to happen, and it's going to be brutal as hell. We've never lived any, through anything remotely like um, what has happened these, these last three years. Um, never in the history of this country have we lived through this kind of tyranny. It simply has never happened. And and I, I pray that it will never happen again. If, if I was a, a religious person, I'd be pr actually praying. But is it's going to happen. It's going to happen, you, Mike. There's tons before, of before, before I let you go and get to before I let you go and get to Bill, yeah. did you see did you see that the the uh, advertisement that the city of San Francisco is putting up? And it, it shows a group of people who look like uh, look like drug addicts in a circle about to do some uh, about to do some uh, speed. And it says no overdose, K-N-O-W. It says change it up. Injecting drugs carries the highest risk of overdose. So try smoking or snorting it instead. This is yeah. actual. This is an actual advertisement. I, I saw that. I know. This it's is actual. But this, this is, and this is enable rapists, enable murderers, enable drug dealers. Welcome to San Francisco. And remember, this kind of advertisement is brought to you by the same people who brought you useless masks, poison vaccines, and economy destroying lockdowns. The exact same public health department who brought you masks, vaccines, and lockdowns are bringing you these ridiculous advertisements that don't try to get people off drugs. But say, you know what? Do your drug a different way. Die, die. You know, maybe, maybe you could, maybe you could die a different way. Maybe you could die. You know what? If you if you snort it or smoke it, you'll die slower than if you inject it. This is where we live, Daniel. This is this is you 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 you. There's some optimism in what you're saying, but I don't I don't see it. I don't it's see it happen. because these are the kinds of people running this city. These people must go away. They must be. They will go, to go away. They're going to get booted just like Jacinda Ardern, Ardern got booted. It's going to happen, Mike. It's, it is yeah. going to happen. There's yeah. momentum to these to these things, and it's really, really, really difficult to predict the time course. You're going to have to break through to the. You got to break through an incredible woke uh, shield. Where woke, woke, woke is breaking itself. That's that's the most well, positive thing here. Woke is unsustainable, and it's breaking itself. The poor are getting poorer. 
the world is getting more violent and, and it's simply it, it is simply unsustainable and it was a it was just a unsustainable idea from the very beginning it was it shouldn't say it's unsustainable it was an idea that worked against itself from the very beginning worked against its ostensible goals from the very beginning and everyone knew it was going to from the very beginning just as everybody that had any sense that had any uh, um yeah, any any sense around common sense, as you're, as you're taking to calling it lately, knew that the COVID thing was going to implode and, and that it was all for naught. The same as it, that anyone could predict the same for wokeism. And I'm just going to leave it there because Bill wants to speak. You got it. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks for the call. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks. Okay. All right. Um, hey, you're on and let's be heard. What's up tonight, Bill? <clears throat> Bill, are you there? Bill, are you there, Bill? Maybe Bill went for a drink. Maybe I could use a drink. I could use a stiff drink right about now, Bill. Uh, Bill, whoop, Bill's out of the queue. Bill, you're back. Are you back? Let me see. Bill, are you there? Hey, Mike. Yeah, there was. That's okay. Want to get a drink? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, little Jack Daniels right now would go down pretty smooth. First, uh, sorry to hear you got assaulted. Um, let me yeah. say, uh, what the problem, well, first let's identify, uh, Jimmy Dore had a piece, he was talking about the statistics where one-third of the homeless are disabled and children, um, believe it or not. Um, he was also saying that 53% uh, of the people in homeless shelters are working, and 40% of the homeless unhoused actually are employed. We, in my opinion, well, I could tell you about my own personal experience, but first, um, you know, the North American Free Trade Agreement. Remember Ross Brown? NAFTA, NAFTA. You don't want that. You're going to hear a giant sucking sound. Going to, our job's going to go to Mexico, then to Asia. We, we've lost, geez, there was a Tom Brokaw report I saw over a decade ago. We're, we had lost 5 million manufacturing jobs at that point. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't even account for all the supportive jobs. Like here in Bridgeport, you know, we had General Electric, Westinghouse. Well, we had 500 manufacturing facilities at one point in, in Bridgeport, Stratford. We still have Sikorsky here. but um, And uh, it's been a great outsourcing. Uh, uh, I don't know if you know Bridgeport, Connecticut at all. But um, anyway, it was a manufacturing hub in New England. And so... With all that outsourcing, not only did we lose the big manufacturing plants, but then like the diners and, you know, the things that supported, you know, the, the shoe shop. I remember there was even a guy up the road from my father's bicycle shop who had a shoe repair shop when they used to actually repair shoes and resold them and everything, you know. And uh, so there were a lot of businesses, oh, gosh, uh, of course, uh, suffered that would support uh, the, the working class. And um, uh, in fact, my father's own bike shop I put earlier in the chat of 50 years got foreclosed on during the pandemic. I think I told you about that and I actually put one of the documents that was in the newspaper. I took I had a screenshot of it that I put in the live chat when the building went up for foreclosure sale. Mm -hmm. so, so that bike shop uh, was appraised at two and a quarter, two years before the pandemic and got closed on for 51,400. They stole the equity out. And the, the fellow who was running it, who 
we were carrying the note. The the, the family was uh, Chris had worked for us for decades, and uh, he couldn't buy enough product and get caught up or anything during the pandemic. So if you were a small business that you know were struggling going into the pandemic and more than two years behind on your taxes, you had no way out because your supply chain shortages and, the, and demand went down during the pandemic. Do you follow me? And so your yes. gross sales went down, yes. the downward spiral. So, um, uh, you know, that happened. And uh, so I'm, my story is kind of emblematic. You know what I mean? Obviously there's a lot of people have been through that. And then as a disabled person, just, it took several years just to get a hearing. 10,000 people die a year just trying to get their disability. According to USA Today, 110,000, of course, in a 10-year period. That they, When I saw that report, I could put that in the live chat. And that's what they're telling. That's what they're counting. Um, uh, and that's just the disabled. What I'm saying is we, the, the, I see it this way. The... The transnational corporations, they have no boundaries for them. They don't, they have no loyalty. So if they can set up in China, obviously with the North American Free Trade Agreement, Mexico, then China, India, the Asian countries, and, and where there's very little or if any environmental and labor regulation, they're happy to do that and offshore their money. Do you follow me? Yes. Set up a, 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 a you know, like satellite pseudo uh, uh, corporate uh, addresses. Do you follow me? Where there may be very little happening there, you know, as far as a business uh, building or something of that nature. And office space, I mean. And uh, remember we were talking about Dylan Radigan? Uh, yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And uh, of course that was 2011. But the, the corporate powers, the, as, as Chris Hedges says, you know, they're on a tax strike. You know, the top Fortune 500 companies paid... Uh, in 2018, uh, zero federal taxes. Uh, the top 90 of the top 500 paid zero federal taxes, and the effective tax rate for the rest was in the single digits. Do you right. follow me? Yes. Um, and, and people say, yeah, but if you raise the taxes on the corporations, they'll offshore. Well, then we need to have some type of control over that because, like Dylan said, we need to repatriate that money. We need yes. to get it back here, you know, and uh, get the manufacturing back here again for at least try and do something to bring an income and uh, uh, employment opportunities back, you know, like. But they need to be businesses for there to be. That's right. So when you live in a city like I live in, there yes. are no business. Small businesses are leaving. The corporations that's, are leaving. So where do you exactly go work? Right. All, the, all that's left here are the, are the, are the jobs for the, the, uh, the, the wealthy elitist the wealthy elitist liberals they're the ones they're the ones who have the jobs here they're the ones who are buying five thousand dollar a month even though a lot of these luxury condos they can't rent anymore here so a lot of these luxury condos they've built are now going uh vacant all these vacant apartments because people are not certainly not moving here now so that's the problem but the only people that are going to be left here are, are basically like i said what's going to happen is it'll be the the wealthy liberals living in their penthouse condos and the people pissing and shitting on the streets and assaulting people on the streets. That's what's going to be left. Now, the question is, as Daniel said, when do these wealthy elitists, when do these wealthy elitists become sick of that, of living in a city where they may not be safe? 
does it does it get to a boiling point? Does it get to does does they hit rock bottom where they say that we don't want to live here anymore? We don't want to live in this anymore. This has to change. I I don't know. I'm not. I'm just not seeing that. I'm not seeing that. I'm seeing a right. city that was very rich and very poor. And that's yeah, that, that that's true. But what I'd like to suggest is that. The, the cause of this, I don't think we, let's put it this way. The, the, the owners of the transnational corporations that have offshored and offshore their money, they are bipartisan. I don't think we can realistically blame it uh, over decades on one party. Do you follow me? These laws were pushed through uh, to benefit by the corporations, for the corporations, and uh uh, and and you know what I what I this well, but, is my, but Bill, we do see yeah. one party. We do see the cities run by one particular party are in the worst shape. This is, these are just stats. Like I said, look, like I said, black people make up four percent of the population here. Yet they make up most of the crime. They make up most of the homeless. And the fact of the matter is, the Democrats have done nothing. And also, the Democratic policies hurt Black and Brown people the most, right? They help. They they hurt the poorest among us the most. And yet, what are they doing about it? They're doing nothing about it. All they do is lip service and virtue signal. They don't want to actually face the reality. They don't want. They don't want to do tough love things that are going to change things. Real laws that are going to prosecute criminals and protect the innocent protect the the store owners, protect the small business owners, keep businesses here. Forget about corporations. Forget about corporations. Small businesses are dying. That's what's killing our cities. It's really not killing our cities when if Tesla moves. You don't want that to happen. You don't because they bring in a lot of the economy and they a lot of jobs. But it's the small businesses closing that are killing they don't the small businesses closing are not only killing the city economically they're killing the aesthetic of the city. There's no vibe here. There's no activity, right? So what you have here basically are, like I said, people living in their penthouse apartments, the safety of their penthouse apartments getting Uber Eats and getting everything fucking delivered to them so they don't have to walk on the dangerous streets. And the people who are in the streets are running wild. They're running wild, okay? This is what happens, Bill. They're running wild because there aren't many regular people in the streets anymore. People have left. The co- the, by the way, the, 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 the police force here has dropped by the tens of thousands over the last couple of years because cops don't want to work here anymore, right? Because the cops got to work here. They got to live here. They don't want to live here. They don't want to build a family here. They don't want to live here. They don't want to work here. They put time in to get people off the streets, and they see that fucking scumbag out the next day. Who wants a job like that? So we're losing cops, we're losing regular ordinary people, we're losing middle class people, and so you have the people in their penthouses and the criminals on the streets. That's what you have. Criminals on the streets, people living in their penthouses getting Uber Eats. That is not a sustainable model for a city. I I agree. Let me ask you this. Let me just pause for a second and say, here we lost the big manufacturing facilities, which then led to a loss of the small businesses. See, it was a domino effect. Do you follow me? Because mm-hmm. the small businesses provided the services for the working class. And we had the, you know, the uh, housing projects. Well, they're called projects now, but they were like Success Village and Father Panic were built for the, to house the workers. For That worked at General Electric. That worked at Westinghouse. That worked at Remington Arms. That worked at 
Sikorsky. That you see what I'm saying. And so when the outsourcing from the larger businesses happened, that of course caused a closing of the small businesses because the the, the people weren't earning the money and didn't have the income uh, to to then buy the products and the services uh, that would support them. So I'm not familiar with San Francisco. Did, did it kind of decline in that way, like Bridgeport, or was there? Because that's what San Francisco was never really a manufacturing hub or anything. What's the stay in San Francisco, Mike, prior to this fall? Do you see what I mean? I haven't been there. I don't know. Well, you know I mean, but- San Francisco used to be a vibrant city in so many different ways. I mean, you're talking okay. about you're talking about small businesses. You're talking about corporations. You're talking about some mm-hmm. best restaurants in the in the country. You know, yeah. you're talking about you're talking about a city where the inner the inner beauty inner beauty and of course outer beauty still has outer beauty still a very beautiful city from the sky <laughs> from a plane but uh but the fact of the matter is what what has taken over san francisco is the the the, the liberal mentality of the criminals should be coddled given second third eighth ninth tenth chances and and the people who have to suffer are the taxpayers, are the business owners, are the law-abiding citizens. It's a mentality of the left, man. We've seen it many times. Oh, the prisons are too overcrowded. Oh, we, we, can't, put, we can't put people in jail for these, other, these minor offenses that we put people in jail for. We can't do that anymore. So that leads, you know, once again, it was like Rudy Giuliani's broken glasses, uh, broken glass system of justice, which is that if you let the little things go, those people then, those things add up, by the way, and those people will then often, you'll see, on a rap sheet, they start out committing small crimes and they end up committing bigger crimes. That's why you see a lot of these people with these high-profile cases that are caught and they go, oh, my God, look at the rap sheet. Remember those one guy, it was in New York, I think, where he punched the guy and the guy cracked his head on the, on the pavement. And they showed that guy had like 15 mug shots in the last two and a half years, right? And they, show, and they showed the person's rap sheet. Right. And it's, uh, you know, it's a it's a minor thing. It's a minor misdemeanor robbery, misdemeanor assault. Then it's armed robbery. Then it's assault. Then it's murder. And that's what happens. That's why Giuliani had the point of view, which bothered the liberals so much that if you start prosecuting people who do little things like jump turnstiles. Right. I mean, there's a point in New York City where you could just jump turnstiles. You probably can again. But before you could just jump the turnstile. Doesn't matter. Cops not going to stop you. You can just ride for free. Then they they started arresting those people, and what they found when they arrested those people is they had warrants for their arrest. Right? They had huge rap sheets. That's what they found. And when you started cracking down on those quality of life crimes and 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 putting those people in jail, things got much better. And crime in New York City shot down. I mean, went down drastically. Remember, okay. in the nineties, under Rudy Giuliani. New York was the safest big city in the country, if not the world. Okay, the safest big city. And I got to give David Dinkins going into, you know, uh, New York politics a little bit, a little bit of credit because it really started during his term later in his term. Um, And then it it got better through, you know, Giuliani's term. But it started with David Dinkins and went through Giuliani's term where these 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 minor crimes were being prosecuted. Okay, the minor crimes were being prosecuted. More cops were put onto the streets. More cops were put in the subway system. More cops were visible on the streets. And the combination of prosecuting these small quality of life crimes and having more deterrent being cops on the streets and crime shot down. We know the answer. There is a blueprint. But when you have now is cities run by these far left wacko liberals like New York and New Orleans and Chicago and Philadelphia and L.A., 
and San Francisco and Portland and Seattle, and they don't want to do those things. They don't want to do those things. They don't because they, they truly believe that it is virtuous. It is virtuous to be lenient of the criminal. To be lenient to criminals is a virtuous thing. And this is what we get. Yeah, I think we got a, a, a multitude of problems in that one, the outsourcing uh, of the larger corporations affects, again, affects the smaller businesses and then people have money to go to the restaurants and and support the smaller businesses. It's a domino effect, Mike, on some level. And then, Well, and as Joe Rogan aptly said, and of course Joe Rogan is getting attacked again by the whack job left, is that guys like George Soros who fund these liberal DAs, who fund uh-huh. these DAs with this mentality that I just explained and puts them in power and allows criminals to run rampant, that, that is a big issue. People like him who have a lot of money, who put their money behind these people, right? And now one can say, is George Soros, does George Soros have that mentality, that like bleeding heart mentality? We have to be, we have to coddle criminals? Or does he really want, does he want small businesses to be destroyed? Does he, is, it, is this part of a greater evil scheme? To have these cities destroyed. Well, I was going to say that, to be honest with you, that's where I was going to go with the next is that this is a bigger plan and um, and it's a domino effect. You're right. Um, the, the 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 other thing, let me add, for the middle class, even me, trying to fight the system, I did put a little text in and some exhibits. Uh, you know, going up against uh, lawyers, law firms, uh, probate. Uh, the, the CPA, my father's probate matter, court appointed, end up in prison, Castellano. I remember I told you about that. The DOJ press release is in the live chat. But the lawyers and the four judges, they didn't fall. In other words, we're, we're getting squeezed by the, 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 the people in the system that are cor- the real big right-collar criminals. Do you follow me? I told yes. you what happened with me in the Catholic Church. Sure. There's a thank you letter from Letitia James in the live chat. But here, they they nailed me for trying to get some change and 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 get them to start cracking down on that matter. Uh, the probate courts, Castellano up in prisons. I was right about both those things. Do you follow me? Yeah. And yes. then yes. we had. I was forced because of my brain MRIs. Uh, the, condition that killed my uncle mine's in remission i couldn't get a room anywhere when i came back anywhere because i didn't have an income i hadn't got my ssdi it took several years to get that mike and so i ended up having to stay in long-term hotel stays let me tell you they are that you go to a hotel they got 300 rooms there's 300 rates at the front desk their job is to get the most they can for each room i didn't understand the system absolutely once i did and i started to learn what was happening yeah. Then I started fighting the corruption in that, um, and uh, it, it, fighting and even litigating, filing lawsuits, uh, suing law firms, suing the hotel credit card banking industry, Hilton Hampton, American Express. These are lawsuits I litigated, and fought. they arrested me finally in the courthouse, court operations and judicial. When I started exposing the, I mean, what I'm getting at is. <laughs> Standing up for my civil rights and writing lawsuits and litigating, they just, and filing motions to recuse corrupt judges. You start going after corrupt judges and file motions to, corrupt, to, to recuse them, send them to the House Judiciary Committee like I did. That's a mafia. They come after you big time then in that courthouse in that district. Yeah. Do you follow me? Yeah. It's like they, they, it gets worse. 
you know. And uh, so what I'm getting at is we, when we try and fight back against the people with the power and the money on all levels, uh, it's it, it, there's not a like George Carlin said, you'll never see the Ten Commandments in a courthouse full of lawyers, uh, judges, uh, politicians, because it would create a hostile work environment. You know what I mean? It's like corrupt as it can get. Lenny Bruce, what did he say? The only justice in the halls of justice is in the halls. I mean, we, we, it's this whole culture now going to what, that's a segue to what you were saying about George Soros and the bigger plan to take down the middle class, to 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 drive uh, the middle class into poverty, to 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 keep the wages so low, Mike, that when you consider, my father bought his house in Trumbull for sixteen thousand dollars in nineteen sixty, and I remember at one point when I was old enough, I asked my mom, I said, "What do we pay for a mortgage?" I'm just curious. It was like eighty bucks a month. You know what I mean? Crazy. Yeah, I know. Right. And then 47 years later, when my mom had passed and my father needed to, to sell the home and retire into something smaller, um, although he did put an addition on it, it sold for 459000 So they're going average for you know that same size home with, with an addition, I would I'd say, true, which was a, a living space. It wasn't like a, a whole huge addition. But um, anyway... Uh, that that was almost a three thousand percent increase. Do you follow me? Yeah, absolutely. Sure, I know. It's now, crazy. it's crazy. That there you go. Now, next thing you know, from it went from fifteen percent, let's say on average, in nineteen sixty. Of you know, say you're you're earning your paycheck, about fifteen percent would go for housing. Today, it's up to sixty seventy percent. Do you follow me? Yes. And then the the CPI. That index isn't accurate at all. We know well, that. You know, we're in this. We're in this. Like the left is in this, especially when you talk about cities like New York and and and, and especially San Francisco. Mm-hmm. The left is in this. It's almost like they're in a, a a walking coma. That they continue to think like San Francisco is worth. Why is San Francisco the most expensive city in the country? Why? Why? What do you get out of it? What do you get out of living in San Francisco that is worth? Three thousand, four thousand a month for a one bedroom. Where, where, where? I don't, I don't understand what you get out of it. I'm trying to figure this out. Why is living in a city where you have the best chance to be assaulted and killed, where all the small businesses are closing, where there are no jobs? Why is that worth more than living in a nice city? Why is that worth living more than Nashville, Tennessee, or Atlanta, Georgia, or, or, or Birmingham, Alabama, or, or Omaha, Nebraska? Why? But it's, it's almost like this is like the it's almost like this is like a zombie thing where it's like everyone's like, oh, this is supposed to be an expensive city. Right. So landlords can get three, four thousand a month here for one bedrooms. Why? If you looked at the actual reality situation, this should be one of the cheapest cities in the world to live in because it's a total shithole. Why is a shithole worth more than <laughs> it makes absolutely no sense. There are no amenities here anymore. There's no there's nothing. There's nothing. There's no quality of life here anymore. This is why. There's one reason only, one reason only why landlords can get that kind of rent here. The tech business. These techies are loaded. They are loaded. They can afford to pay it. There's nothing to them. To most of these techies, they come out of school and they're making six figures at 20 years old, 21 years old. By the time they're in their mid-20s, they're making a quarter million a year or more. They don't care. What's three or four or five thousand a month to them to live in a penthouse apartment? 
They don't care about, that's what I mean. They have no skin in the game. They don't care about their city. They don't care about the city. They don't care about what it is. They don't care what it used to be in the Harvey Milk days. They don't care. All they care about is that rent is nothing to them to live in. Their, their whole being is a building. Their whole existence is a condo. Their whole existence is a penthouse. That's all they care about. I live in a penthouse on the 36th floor with a great view of the beautiful topography of San Francisco, of Northern California, and, that, and they pay it. So there's enough of them to pay that where that's the average rent now. That's the going rent. But there's no reason for anyone else to live here. There's no reason for anyone else to live here. And no one else can afford to live here. Only the wealthiest of the wealthy can afford to live in places like San Francisco anymore. Even New York, New York, there are still some areas you can live in if you're not loaded. Right. But San Francisco, there's really no place you can live unless you want to live, like you said, in like a hotel or an SRO, which is a roach motel. Right. You know? And even those are 1200 a month. Ridiculous, yeah. right? You know, so, yeah, there's no uh, there's, there's nowhere you can go here with, unless you're very wealthy. Right. And so, like I said, I'm very pessimistic about this city in particular. One, right. because I live here. Two, because it's just I, I don't see this this mindset changing. I don't see this demographic changing. I, I, I just see it getting worse and worse and worse. Maybe Daniel's right. Maybe one when these when these people come out of their penthouses and they get start getting attacked, maybe things will change, you know, but I, I don't I, I just don't see it happening anytime soon. And if you look at cities like Detroit, it can it can go on for a long time. Right. It can go on for a very, very long time. Well, Chris Hedges, you know, he talks about in his farewell tour that visiting these old manufacturing facility uh, cities and throughout New England. And of course, uh, uh, I can't speak for the West Coast so much because I'm not familiar, but uh, there must have been similar scenarios. Um, it wasn't all farming. You know what I mean? There had to be some manufacturing and and uh, that uh, with outsourcing and uh Migrant. Now, 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 here's something that pause for a moment. The the undocumented worker situation. Um, when I was working construction in Southern California, uh, there were undocumented workers, and in the restaurant business, and in, in all scenarios, um, and it was they were employed by uh, American-owned companies, and the the people in management and foreman, they knew, you know what I mean? They knew, uh, and they, they knew these fellows and gals had, you know, fake papers. Uh, but you know, that's what kept the labor costs much lower. Whereas when I say, when I worked on job sites in Southern Cal, uh, I would, uh, as a heavy equipment operator, I might get 33, $33 an hour. But when I went to Northern Cal, it was twenty dollars more an hour, fifty-three. Right. And right. when I worked in New England, it was fifty-three. I worked around the country for a company called Shaw Environmental. And um, prior to that, in uh, for well, I started as a uh, backhoe. Well, I started as a laborer myself and worked my way up to being a heavy equipment operator. Uh, first guy operating equipment was Macaulay Construction, uh, backhoe installations for septic system, etc. What I'm trying to say is that. Um, the, it's when you get closer to the borders, the labor rate drops 
but it's the American-owned companies that are benefiting from that, Mike. In other words, yes. they're employing these people, and they know they have fake papers. And there were many job sites I was on where I we weren't getting the the labor laws are being broken. Either we weren't getting our breaks, or we were they were working us more than forty. We weren't getting time and a half. There was all kinds of shenanigans going on, and. Of course, for me, I could just get another job, and I did. I, I I would stand up in the morning meeting and say, "Hey, how long is this going to go on for? When are we going to? When are things going to get straightened out here? Whatever." And and the fellas in the crew who who didn't have the ability to move around like I did, they were like, Shh, "Quiet, quiet! You're going to get fired. You're going to get in trouble." And I'm like, "Listen, I'll just get another job, but somebody's got to take a stand." Every time I did that, I ended up getting laid off, and I'm like the labor. In Southern California, Mike, the labor uh, uh, department, I'm sorry, Ms. Bonatati, we don't have any field uh, inspectors. It's all set up. Yeah. It's all rigged. They had no one who would go out and do anything. Right, right. And, but who's benefiting from that and who's making sure it's that way? They were the American companies. And that way, that when I say American, American-owned, uh take advantage of that scenario so it's it's a messy situation i don't have answers you know what i mean i i i don't think i don't know mike the, the problem is this the plan is and we know this from the from the nafta the beijing free trade agreements the asian free trade agreements the trans-pacific pact and now the belt road initiative they're pushing in china and the the we only have 4.3% of the world's population in the, in the United States, right? Mm -hmm. It's much more efficient and for the transnational corporations to manufacture overseas, where, of course, you know, China has, what, three times our population, India, yep. much bigger market that's growing. And then uh, pennies on the dollar as far as labor and environmental costs, and then ship it back here. You follow me? I, so, I get you. I do. Yeah, Bill. I'm gonna let you go because I want to get to two quick other things. Oh, oh okay. But no, but you're yeah. right, Bill. I don't know about solutions, Mike. I'm sorry. I was just That's trying okay. to identify the problem. To, tomorrow, I want solutions. Think about it. All right, I'll think about it. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. I appreciate it. No, there's no easy solution, and that's true. You're absolutely right. The benefit for most big companies is to, but also it's because of taxes here, right? Look at California. I mean, there are companies that have moved to Florida and Texas because California is so damn expensive to do business. So, but right now, I agree with you, Bill, and I think that there's definitely this is too there's too much too many of these cities run by the same kinds of people, right? These Democrats who are running these cities into the ground, the same mindset. We talk about Soros. We talk about the Soros back mayors and DAs. It's it's all well too well organized to not believe there's a greater thing going on here which is basically the, the uh, intended destruction, the intended destruction of our economic system as we know it, our cities as we know them, and then some rebuilding in a way, rebuilding in a different way, right? The Great Reset, right? The New World Order. But there's something greater going on here than just a few dingbats running cities. It's easy to say, yeah, and I love saying it because I like calling these people what they are. But it's, it's, it seems like there's too much going on, there's too much money being poured in to this kind of destruction for it just to be a few dingbats running our cities. And that's the scary thing. And that's why Joe Rogan pointed out the, the dangers of George Soros. Now, remember, if Joe Rogan had said uh, 
the cock the, the cock brothers with the coke brothers the cock brothers the coke brothers were evil would be fine no one would have any problem with that but because he says george soros is evil the lefties go nuts and of course want him canceled again because soros is just because to them he's such a wonderful philanthropic man who helps democratic causes and loves 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 women and and, and uh and abortion ridiculous but i, I do want to get to a couple of other things um <laughs> you'll remember Controlled demolition, right, Daniel? We'll, we'll leave it on that for that. Controlled demolition. Remember that uh, hockey player yesterday, Ivan Provorov, the Russian guy, the Russian Catholic guy who wouldn't wear the little LGBT ribbon or LGBT shirt because it went against his religious beliefs. Um, and of course, the insane left came out and went went crazy. And uh, this continued with a moron named E.J. Raddick, and he's like an analyst on the NHL network. And he said one of the dumbest things. These people say just such dumb things. And they think that's the, that's the funniest thing about these nut jobs is that they say these dumb things and think it's the most brilliant thing ever, right? So he said this guy Provorov, because he doesn't want to wear a pro-LGBTQZZB plus uniform, should leave America and go back to Russia and fight the war against Ukraine. This is the tolerant left. This is their inclusion. Inclusion by, hey, you don't, you don't want to do what we want you to do? Get the fuck out of here. It's inclusion by exclusion. It's inclusion by exclusion. This is how dumb these people are. So if I were to follow the same left loony logic, you could say that all these people who wear blue and yellow ribbons, right? All these pro-Ukraine um, uh, virtue signalers who want to send other people's money to Ukraine, why don't they put their real skin in the game and go to Ukraine and fight the war again. If they hate Putin and Russia so much and so evil, what are they doing just opening their mouths here and wearing ribbons here? Why don't they go fight the war in Ukraine? Well, you say that's crazy. They're not going to do that. Yeah, it is crazy. It's the stupidest thing. But yet this is, the, this is what he's saying, that this guy, because he doesn't want to wear, because they don't believe, once again, they don't believe in the Constitution. The left doesn't believe in it. They don't believe in religious freedom. That's part of the Constitution, freedom of religion. And he's, he's exercising his religious right. They didn't believe it with the vaccine. And they don't believe it with wearing a fucking T-shirt. They, they don't believe in religious freedom. Now, if I were a religious person, I'd say they are godless. And in a way, they are. Not that I believe in that stuff. But in a way, it's like, it's like when you don't believe in someone's religious freedom – you are taking away one of their basic fundamental human rights, which is right to express yourself, right? The freedom, the freedom to express your religion, right? The freedom to have a religion. We have freedom not to have religion. If you don't want to believe in all that stuff, you don't have to, right? But if you do believe, and remember, it's usually the people who don't believe in religion who mock those that do. People who, who are religious don't mock people who don't. They'll, you know, try to talk them into believing, right? The Mormons ring the doorbell, ding, ding. But it's, they're not, they don't mock the people who don't believe the way the people who don't believe mock the people who believe. That's certainly true for, in most cases, generally true. And so here we are, someone who says this guy has no right to express his religious freedom. No right, which is unconstitutional. Once again, they don't like the Constitution. They simply don't like it. They don't believe in what was written. They'll go see Hamilton. They'll applaud like seals. 
They'll say it deserves awards, but they don't really believe in it. They believe it. The left believes in Hamilton because the characters are played by African-Americans and Latinos. That's why. Trust me, if Hamilton were made with 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 the the actual race of the of the founding fathers, it wouldn't have gotten the acclaim it gets. There's no doubt about that. That's more virtue signaling. I saw it a little bit overrated, but good. But they'll see that and they don't they have no idea what those people actually did. They don't understand what that's supposed to mean, what that stands for. That's how fucking dense these people are. So this idiot comes out and says if he doesn't want to wear a red this not he doesn't want to wear an LGBTQ jersey, he should go fight in the war. How dumb. Luckily, the NHL came out. I'm very glad about it. I'm glad that John Tortorell, the coach, Torts, the great coach of the Philadelphia Flyers, defended his player. And the NHL came out with a statement and it said, Hockey's for everyone is an umbrella initiative under which the league encourages clubs to celebrate the diversity that exists in their respective markets and to work to achieve more welcoming and inclusive environments for all fans. Clubs decide whom to celebrate, when and how, with league counsel and support. Players are free to decide which initiatives to support and we continue to encourage their voices and perspectives on social and cultural issues. That is really not woke. I love that. I love that. That's about as unwoke, or it's not really that unwoke, but it's about as unwoke as you're going to get in the year 2023. Okay? From, a, from a, a, a sports, which has been the most woke. Remember, sports is what started the lockdowns. It's the sports owners and the sports management and the sports writers who are the most pro-lockdown branch COVIDian nut jobs who have driven a lot of the policy we've seen over the last three years. So this is good to see from the NHL that they back their player. And they should, because they know, by the way, they know legally they can't force him to do it because it's not in his contract to do this stuff. Like I said, it's in his contract to be the best hockey player, to put up big numbers, to help his team win. That's what's in his contract. That's his job. His job is not to run around with a clown outfit on or a rainbow flag on or a Ukrainian flag or a Russian flag or anything else. That's not his job. And we've seen this from players in the NBA, especially if they want a cause. I like that guy, Freedom, Cantor Freedom. He, you know, he, he speaks out. He wore the sneakers. You can do all that stuff. Whether you're pro-China or anti-China, pro-Russia or anti-Russia. But you cannot be forced to do that stuff. Okay. You can wear you can wear an LGBTQ ribbon every day as a player if you want to. No one's going to say you can't, but you can't be forced to do that stuff. Once again, what I'm what I'm talking about is not having control over people, right? I'm talking about people having control of their own lives. The left hates that. They want to control everything except of course crime. That they don't want to control. And also, I guess we should end on a, a more positive. I wanted to talk about this at the opening. I'm burying the lead today. Well, not really. I, I really, because of what happened in San Francisco with that store owner, I had to talk about that and talk about my own experience. But um, I do want to play a couple of quick clips uh, of Ron DeSantis. Oh, by the way, and this makes perfect sense because I, I think everyone's been hearing that the White House wants to bring back airline mask mandates, right? This is like six months after the demented fool proclaimed that the pandemic is over, right? The demented fool, the, about six months ago, the demented fool, the demented old fool was walking through a plant, was walking through some business and said, oh, the pandemic's over. Isn't it great no one's wearing masks the way it should be? 
And now, of course, they want to bring back airline mask mandates because he's in total la-la land, doesn't know who he is, where he is, what's going on. But once again, they don't want to give up this control. They want the control to, and some people say, well, they don't want to bring it back. They just want to be able to if they want to. Well, they shouldn't be able to. They shouldn't have the power to do it. That's the whole point. But they, now they, they want to get the power back so they can do it with a snap of a finger, once again controlling other people's lives with a medieval voodoo device to try to stop the spread of something that for three fucking years hasn't stopped the spread. In countries like Japan and China, where everyone has worn masks for the last two centuries, has not stopped the fucking spread of a virus. That's how fucking dumb this old demented fool who lives in the White House is. Now, things won't change until this fucking old demented fool ass is out to pasture where it belongs. By the way, I, I'm gonna, I want a, there's a new law that I want to enact. Maybe someone in Congress will, will take this up, but I doubt it. And it's the Mike Cachopoli Mandatory Retirement Act of 2023. I think we need to have mandatory retirement where you get to a certain age and you must retire. Sounds cruel, too bad. I think it's been proven by people like Fauci and Biden, who at their advanced age have ruined, killed people, ruined people's lives, made people sick, destroyed businesses, destroyed lives, killed people, by the millions, I think we should have a mandatory retirement. Mandatory, the, the Mike Chopoli Mandatory Retirement Act of 2023. You get to a certain point, you got to know when enough is enough. You got to know when a margarita and a sunset is the way to go for the rest of your life, instead of destroying the lives of people like me. So we'll work on that. Maybe someone in Congress will take up the Mike Chopoli Mandatory Retirement Act of 2023 and put people like Fauci and Biden out to pasture long before they're in mental decline. Ron DeSantis, someone who's well, <laughs> long way to go before he would reach the, the mandatory retirement age. Um, here's Ron DeSantis doing the opposite, the complete 180 of what the White House is doing and talking about Real freedom, prescribing, it's, it's under the heading of Prescribe Freedom. It's the Prescribe Freedom Act. Hopefully this works. Yeah. ...in the workplace with discriminating against, they literally will take people. If you have the booster, you can eat lunch normally. If you don't, you got to be segregated in the corner for not having the booster. Maybe they make you wear a mask, all this stuff, even though the boosted person is more likely to be getting it. So it's insane. It's irrational. And so no discrimination uh, on this back status. Uh, no requirements uh, of masking in lieu of vax or for any other reason. And those are really, really important. You know, sometimes you just have to say enough is enough. And you think you'd be enough, but you still see it all over this country. Like in San Francisco. So that's they want. He wants to make a law in Florida where you can't make you can't force people to do these things. There are all these other states like New York and Michigan and California and so on and so forth have forced their citizens to do over the last three years. I think there's another couple of clips. By the way, this is a good, uh, this is a good account to follow for Ron DeSantis stuff on Twitter. It's at Ron DeSantis 2020, very simple, at Ron DeSantis 2024. It's DeSantis News, and you'll get a lot of good uh, clips of him talking and stuff. Uh, okay, let's see. This is going to be the first yeah. place um, the state, if a very high-quality physician is driven out of California, this is going to be the first place people are going to want to go. (laughs) 
And so just remember, these things don't happen uh, by themselves. It requires a lot of hard work. Uh, we could have had many different decisions made over the last few years that would have sent us on a much different direction. So we're going to continue standing for what's right. Uh, we're going to continue to protect freedom. Uh, and we are going to make sure uh, that our state remains the freest state in these United States. Thank you. What would you want to pay $4,000 a month rent? And live in this shithole of a state when you can pay a, a quarter of that, a quarter of that. When I was in Florida recently, I've been there, what, three or four times during the, during the last few years. And I'm asking people, what, what's, what's rent here? What's rent in, this, in the inner city? What's rent in, out, in the outskirts? What's rent by the water? What's rent? I'm, I'm getting these numbers that it was really funny when you go to other places, more normal places like Florida, cities like Fort Lauderdale. People will say things like, oh, well, you know, it's not, not as cheap as you think here. And you'll say, oh, all right, go ahead. What is it? And uh, and they'll say, oh, it's so-and-so amount, whatever it is. And you'll go, and they'll think that's a high amount. And then you say, do you know how much I'm paying? And they'll say no. And you'll say three times that, four times that. And they'll go, what? What? Do you live in a, do you live in a luxury penthouse on the 80th floor? With your own personal gym and butler? No, I live in a six-room, four-room apartment, 500 square feet. I walk outside, I get attacked. It's the people don't understand. People don't. People in San Francisco, people in big cities like San Francisco, don't understand life in Florida. People in Florida don't understand what life is like here. It's like you need to experience it all in order to really understand and compare and contrast. But why would you want to live here? Why would you want to live here for 4000 a month when you can live there where he is for a third of that amount? I, you know, I can talk myself into this. Distance that they've asked for. We are one more. A lot of problems. And so we were seeing, you know, the Coast Guard had brought in like 300 people uh, that they had onboarded and, and put them in the Florida Keys. Well, they, they didn't have the ability to take care of those folks. There's vessels left everywhere and people's property and all this. So we declared a state of emergency. We provided uh, Coast Guard the assistance that they've asked for. We are going to clear the vessels free of charge for those residents because it wasn't their their fault. Maybe. Yeah, these are residents, by the way, uh, because of the horrible open borders, Biden immigration that were overrun by these by these you know, like overrun by homeless and crime here. They're overrun by these immigrants, these illegal immigrants. And the Coast Guard asked Ron DeSantis to come in and help clean some of the shit out. They were like making like a, like, like a mess of the, of, the, uh, of the area, the waters, the harbor areas and stuff. And so the, the, they actually, the Coast Guard actually asked Ron DeSantis for assistance. And the people who live there said they're taking over. They're creating havoc. It's dirty. The crime's going up. Can you please help us? And Ron DeSantis came in with the Coast Guard and they cleaned everything out, um, doing what he's supposed to do for the people in his state, who ta- the real taxpayers, the law-abiding citizens. You see, that's what a real governor does. He protects the taxpayers, the law-abiding citizens, unlike here where they protect the criminal element and they punish the law-abiding citizens. Do you see that? that that's the difference. That's the difference. Um, and so the White House attacked Ron DeSantis for this, by the way saying he's creating problems, he's, he's making it worse, he's, he's creating drama. Of course, they're totally full of shit. He's cleaning up their mess. He's cleaning up their mess, and he was doing what his citizens and the Coast Guard asked him to do. They asked the governor for assistance, and he took action.
So, do you want to live there, or do you want to live here in California? This is why, as I said, a lot of people have left here, but there's so many more that would that want to leave. There's so many more like me who want to leave but can't right now, will as soon as they can. And it's just the way it is. So when they give you numbers, it's like we talk about with VARES, right, where they say, this is 20,000 deaths. You can, you know, we know it's only one or 2% of the actual numbers. Well, the same thing here. When they say, you know, 80,000 people left San Francisco, we know it's five, six times that amount. And when you add in the people who want to leave and will soon leave, it's the majority of the city. The majority of the city. All right. All right. I'm hoping maybe the next couple of days will be more of an uplifting, optimistic, but I doubt it. I doubt it. I can't control the news, right? I don't blame the bearer of bad news. <laughs> don't blame me. It's just the, it's just the way things are. <laughs> just the way things are. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, I think we're. I think it's about it for today. I think we're all gonna. Uh, wait a minute. D Daniel just sent me something here. Uh, ah. Okay. We'll talk about this tomorrow. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about this tomorrow. I think Daniel had touched on this a few weeks ago. Derek Chauvin, the one who uh, was convicted of murder of, of George Floyd, he's appealing his murder conviction. He argues that George's drug overdose was the real cause of his death. I think Daniel was talking about that a while back. He was saying that this is, uh, that's the real reason why George Floyd died is because uh, of his uh, uh, drugs that were in his system and didn't have, his death didn't have anything to do with not having air from the guys from Chauvin's knee being on his, that's going to be an interesting argument, right? Because the argument will be that the, the action Chauvin taken, that was a legal maneuver that he was taught to do. And that had nothing to do with his death or, you know, did it hasten George Floyd's demise because of the drugs that were already in his system that may have done half the job, three quarters of the job. So it'll, that'll be interesting to see how that goes. But what looked like, once again, on a video, cut and dry of uh, a, a guy, an officer with a knee on a guy's throat, preventing him from breathing, which caused his death, may not be as simple as that. And I think that's what, that's what Chauvin is, uh, is appealing on, the fact that what caused George Floyd's death was the drugs in his system and not his knee on his uh on his neck so we'll see what happens with that 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 could be an interesting uh an interesting case moving moving forward but watch out now watch out we know the unintended not, um, the result of that will be more riots god forbid that's the problem that's the real problem here we'll talk more about this on a later show but that's the problem the public pressure right to not let him out of jail right because what will happen Remember what happened in the summer of 2020. What will happen? What will happen if that conviction is overturned? What will those people do to our cities if that happens? And in this country where we have a, a jury system, where we have a jury by trial, we're supposed to have true democracy, public pressure and the pressure of something like that happening is not supposed to play into effect at all. Most of the time it doesn't. Most of the time it doesn't. But... There's always that. There's always that possibility. 
There's always that possibility of that happening, of public pressure leading to um, an outcome and not the actual facts of the case or real justice. And uh, I, you know, I couldn't imagine, right, that if he were, if the conviction was overturned, what are the odds? What are the odds that we're not going to see summer of 2020 all over again and maybe maybe worse? I don't know, but we'll talk about that on a. And you know where it's going to be the worst? Right here where I live. It'll be one one of them, right? It'll be one of the places. I'll really have to escape to the Florida coast. All right. The name of the show is And Let's Be Heard. It airs Monday night through Friday night, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern, five nights a week I'm here. Uh, my name is Micah Chopley, and I want to once again remind you that your influence counts. Use it.